Welcome to the Newport Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Newport Church is a non-denominational, spirit-filled church, part of the Dove International Apostolic Network of Churches and Ministries. We are located between Mannheim and Lidditz in northern Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. We look forward to seeing you. And now, here is today's message. All right. Hello. Fantastic. All right. Thanks, Todd. That is going to be an exciting game. I was there the last time that the two Newport teams played each other, and there was a lot of fun energy and just a lot of laughter, a lot of competitiveness, and it's just a good time. So I strongly encourage you, if you don't have anything in your schedule tomorrow night, make it out. It'll be a lot of fun. Support the teams, cheer on your favorite team, and the other team too, because we're all going to the same church. So. Um, but yeah, no, I'm super excited for this morning. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been so encouraged already this morning. The Lord's really moving, doing a lot. Um, and I really feel like already the ministry of the Lord and the ministry of the Holy Spirit this morning has done like more than I would have even been happy with, you know. So the Lord's really doing a lot. I'm really excited, and I'm going to pray that we continue in that here this morning. Um, so... Again, I'm just going to echo a little bit of what Todd said. If this is your first time visiting with us, it is fantastic to have you joining us. As he said, go out, connect with some people, get a free gift out at the Connection Center. Uh, But maybe you're online and this is your first time, or maybe you've been watching online for a little while. It's great to have you joining us. Um, And I just want to invite you to come in person sometime if it works for you. Uh, If you're in the area, um, please come out. It would be great to meet you in person. Uh, So yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm trying to gather all my thoughts from worship and everything. And uh, one thing that's kind of a trend this morning, starting in prayer this morning into worship and even still burning in my heart is this idea of like the joy of the Lord and what it, what it brings to us, but also the people around us when we walk in is. Uh, scripture says the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? And I don't know about you, but the day-to-day, I kind of need a little bit of strength. It's not just an easy walk through life. Uh, we kind of need to depend on the strength of the Lord. And here we see a clear connection with the joy of the Lord. And we get to choose to be joyful. I don't know if you know that. Um, we get to choose whether or not we walk in that joy, So in a sense, like we get to choose whether or not we are equipping ourselves with the strength of the Lord when we wake up, feet hit the floor, if we're just mopey and let the burdens of the day kind of get us down. So I just really feel encouraged to encourage us in that this morning. And I think I'm actually going to pray into it a little bit too. But um, yeah, let's choose joy. Like this morning during worship, seeing people dancing, seeing people let loose and just be joyful in the kind of songs that we are singing, that kind of is an emphasis on the joy of the Lord. Um, is a very powerful tool for us to walk in, and it's really going to tie into even what I'm talking about this morning. And initially, I wouldn't even have thought of that, but during worship, the Lord kind of unpacks some stuff. So, cool. So there's that. I'm going to pray and kick us off, and then I'll kind of shift into what I have prepared for this morning. So God, thank you so much that you are a personal God, that you are our Father, that you love us. Thank you that you give good gifts to your children, And one of those gifts that you give us is joy. So God, I pray, Lord, that this morning as we um, are gathered here to pursue you together, that is our heart's purpose for being here this morning, is to pursue you first and foremost. So as we do that, God, I pray, Lord, that um, we would be able to choose joy, that we would be able to walk in that. I pray, Lord, this morning that you would open our eyes and our hearts to the things of you, that you would 
unpack, even things that have happened already, things that will happen this morning yet, that you would just give us um, a heart to hear what you are speaking to us. I pray that we would um, be encouraged to walk different when we move out of this place this morning, God. God, thank you for the freedom that we have to do so and be here this morning, God. God, I pray that as I share this morning that you would speak through me, that I would be a vessel of you, Holy Spirit, that I would just be speaking the overflow of what you're speaking to me, God. Take to, add from, or take from, add to anything that I've prepared for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All righty, so this morning, the message title that I really felt the Lord put on my heart uh, earlier last week was a presence-based lifestyle, and when I heard that, a lot of different things went through my mind, and there's a lot of different things that that can mean, so I want to lay some groundwork of what that actually looks like uh, in the context of what we're going to be talking about today, um, and what the Lord kind of unpacked a little bit in me. There's a lot of feedback. Is there something I can do different, Dustin? All right. I just want to make sure it's not how I'm wearing my mic or something. All right. So... Looking at a presence-based lifestyle, we're going to look at the importance of it and how it's more than just a suggestion for us uh, from Scripture. There's some Scripture that, um, in the context we're looking at, is more of a commandment for us to walk in the presence of the Lord, which we'll get to. Um, My hope for this morning is, as we leave here, that we would be uh, more equipped with tools to grow our hunger with the Lord, grow our love for those around us, to walk more Christ-like. Obviously, that's our heart as believers for all of that. So um, that's kind of where we're headed here this morning. But I want to take some time and just look at a few of the factors or things that will help us walk in the presence. There's a lot. I'm not going to claim that I know it all. I'm just speaking from the revelation the Lord gave me and just the areas that he highlighted for this morning. Um, So if there's things that I missed or just didn't talk about this morning, and you want to encourage me with them, feel free to let me know afterwards, but um, cool. So first thing, first and foremost, is we're going to get into the purpose of why we even want to walk in the presence, because there's a lot of different theories out there, a lot of different mindsets around this where you hear, oh, walk in the presence of the Lord, and it's almost like this genie kind of lamp kind of situation. It's like, oh, like we're doing it for our own benefit, and that's not the heart this morning. It's not some sort of formula that we're going to walk out of here. I'm not going to give you a 10-step process of, okay, do this, 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 this. Boom, you're going to walk in the presence of the Lord. But we're going to look at more than that. So um, we're going to dive right in here. I'm going to read a passage, Matthew 10.10. Um, the Lord says that he has come to give life and life to the fullest. And I believe that this is the key to that. That as we understand this concept of walking in the presence of the Lord, walking in proximity to the Lord, that we're going to start to see things shift in our life that are going to be signs of that this is being walked out in our lives, that we are going to be living a fuller life. We're going to be living a life to the fullest. So... Um, yeah, that's just a little bit of groundwork. Um, it's not something that is like an attainable thing necessarily, where it's like, all right, there's an end goal necessarily for walking in the presence of the Lord. It's something where we're constantly growing, and the Lord's constantly uh, bringing us along with him in his presence, constantly in new and exciting ways, releasing different uh, parts of himself to us and uh, releasing his presence um, around us. So, Again, it's not something that um, 
is to be like obtained, but it's something to receive. That's a free gift from the Lord. So, all right, enough of that. So the purpose of the presence, I'm going to just highlight three. Again, there's going to be a lot more than this. But the first and most important, and really the rest next to this reason, um, do not stand up quite as strong as this one. But this reason is that when you're in the presence of someone, when you're in the presence of something, someone, it's talking about proximity, right? So when we're talking about walking in the presence of the Lord, Really what I'm talking about is not the like signs, wonders, and miracles, which is all part of it. It's all very important. It's all um, what the Lord loves to release when his presence is there. But I'm talking about the root of it. We're talking about that closeness with the Lord. We're talking about um, a presence-based lifestyle, really is another way we can say it, is a relationship-based lifestyle where our relationship with the Lord is the foundation of everything that we do. So the first purpose that we would even want to walk in the presence of the Lord is because it's a sign that we are now growing closer to the Lord. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So it's not something we have to uh, like like thrive after either. It's just something where if we intentionally make the decision to draw near to the Lord, he will draw near to us. So um, this must be the primary goal as we move forward. So keep this in mind, and we're going to get into that particularly here, and it's probably going to be a larger part of this morning um, as the Lord is kind of shifting things in my heart for this morning. But uh, the second thing um, and this is, again, just result of walking in proximity with the Lord, is there's personal things that happen. There's a personal growth and health and development and blessing that happens as we walk in the proximity with the Lord. Uh, there's things that break in our life. There's things that shift as we pursue the Lord first. Um, a lot of times there's distraction to focus on ourselves and then bring the Lord along for the ride. But if we flip that, make the Lord first, there's things that are shifting in our hearts. Um, so in a sense, it just makes us better people, makes us more Christ-like. So Exodus thirty-three fourteen, it says, And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Psalm sixteen eleven says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So there's two passages that talk about the benefit of walking in proximity with the Lord. There's joy. We already talked about joy this morning. That joy comes with a relationship with the Lord, proximity. The closer we are with the Lord, the more the joy of the Lord will bubble over within us. Um, and then, again, it's talking about um, there's pleasures forevermore at the right hand of the Lord. And then there's rest. I don't know about you. Who needs rest in here? I need some rest sometimes, right? There's things that just wear us out on the day-to-day, -day, whether it's physical, emotional. I don't know what kind of line of work you're in, if it's more a physical work, an emotional work, mental. Um, there's just things in life where we need rest. It's a, a natural thing. And it says that as we are in the presence of the Lord, he gives us rest. Um, so that's another great thing. Uh, Galatians 5, 16 through 18, and then 22 through 25. 
um, kind of talks about what happens as we are walking with the Spirit, walking in proximity to the Lord. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And then picking up in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with it, or with its passions and desires. If we live with, by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So again, this is talking, as we walk in the presence of the Lord, we start to um, grow in these areas of love and peace and patience, of faithfulness, you know, all these fruits of just being in proximity with God. Um, if we are intentionally pursuing that relationship with Him, these are things that will start to shift in us. Um, if we all take a... Uh, an assessment of ourselves, and I'm talking out of personal areas of my life, there's things that are kind of contrary to some of these things in my life where I'm like, oh, in this area, I definitely need more peace, or I need to have more gentleness in these situations. And the, the cure to that is proximity to God. As we pursue the Lord in that manner and live a life in the presence of God, what's going to happen is these things are going to start to shift. We're going to start to develop these fruits in our life. So that's the second reason, or second out of a large list, but um, of why we want to walk in uh, the presence of the Lord. And then third, and then I'll move on. The third one is it blesses those around us. If we are with the Father day in and day out, walking in his presence, there is this thing that happens where it cannot be contained within just us. The people around us start to see a difference. The people around us start to feel a difference. Things start to shift. And in the same way that uh, I was saying, like, things break in our life and breakthroughs happen and healings happen and miracles happen, those same things start to happen for those around us as we are growing in our relationship with the Lord and walking in the presence of the Lord. A few scripture that back this up is Acts 19, 11 through 12. It says, and God was going or doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and evil spirits came out of them. So Paul was in this relationship with the Lord where even things that he touched, clothes and cloths that he touched, were taken away and people were healed. Not because of Paul, not because he was some um, great person, but because he positioned himself in a relationship with the Lord where he's like, so caught up with his love for the Lord that the people around him were affected. We see the th same thing in the life of Peter in Acts 5, uh, 14 through 16, it says, And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. I'll keep reading here, but I just want to highlight that. Multitudes of people were coming to the Lord. Large numbers. So another side effect of being in close relationship with the Lord is people around you start to come into relationship with the Lord as well. If we are in relationship with the Lord, we walk out in what he has for us and what he has for those around us. Uh, continuing reading says, so that even, 
or they even carried out their sick into the streets and lay them on the cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So again, we see something similar to the clause, but even the shadow of Peter, because of his relationship with the Lord, it's, again, it's not Peter's proximity. It's not Peter's presence that healed these people. It was that he was carrying the presence of the Lord, and the proximity to the Lord in Peter is what was bringing healing to these people. So that is our heart as we walk in the presence of the Lord. It's not a selfish thing. It's not something for ourselves, but it's for those around us. So how do we do this? How do we walk it out? And if you know, if you've been here for a little while, you know my teaching style is very practical. I like to give action steps for us to walk out in because uh, I believe that there's, there's something about knowing what to do when you walk out these doors that, um, at least for me, I love to have. Because again, it's not a step-by-step process to achieve the end goal, but it's kind of steps in the right direction. Steps to say, hey, you do this, this, and this, it will start to spark something in you to continue this walk, to continue to pursue the Lord in this way. So um, a passage that I believe kind of ties in these purposes we already talked about and kind of segues into this next topic here is Matthew 22, verses 37 and 40, or through 40. Sorry, I didn't get the scriptures up on the screen. Uh, forgot to send that email this morning, but... Anyway, you'll just have to trust me or get your Bible out. Maybe I'll give you time to find it. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. <laughs> all right. It says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So here we see that the greatest commandment that Jesus has given us, the greatest, first and greatest, is this commandment to love the Lord with all of our heart. And I feel like this really captures what I'm getting at this morning is that is our driving force. The reason that we're wanting to pursue this relationship with the Lord is because we love him first and foremost. Um, and I believe that as we walk in this, there's uh, something that happens where if we are walking in that first greatest commandment, the second commandment starts to happen by default, right? Where it says, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets handle these two commandments. So um, out of the three that I just pointed out of purposes for walking in the presence, one is to grow in relationship with the Lord, loving the Lord, growing in our love with the Lord. And then the second one, personal health. If we are not personally healthy, we can't love ourselves right, right? And here it says to love your neighbor as yourself. So the Lord here, I kind of see three commandments here where the Lord's saying, love me with all your heart, but also love your neighbor and love yourself. So walking in proximity with the Lord helps us to walk out these commandments. But how do we do it? How do we, it's one thing to say, all right, I want to love the Lord with all my heart. I want to, you know, give him every part of my being in love. Um, but then it's another thing to actually go out of here and walk in it, right? Um, sometimes there's breakdown there and we're like, oh, my head wants to do it, but I don't know what to do. I mean, Peter, or Paul said, you know, or what, yeah, I think it was Paul, right? where I know what to do and I don't do it or uh, whatnot. Um, 
But yeah, what, what is going to be the driving factor? How do we grow in love with the Lord? And I believe um, it comes down to our level of hunger for the Lord. If we are hungry for something, we're going to chase after it. If we're hungry for something, we're going to pursue it until we uh, get our fill, right? So God, when he created us, he created us with, a, with appetite, right? There's a physical appetite. That one's evident. We know that. Like, we have a physical appetite where there's a certain things we get hungry for, and when we're hungry, we know it. But what's really interesting, and some of us might not even recognize, is there's actually a spiritual appetite that the Lord has given us as well, where internally there's things that when we're not uh, feeling ourselves, we get hungry. And there's also a spiritual appetite where we get hungry for certain things depending on what we're accustomed to, just like um, in the physical as well. So um, understanding this, is going to be very crucial for our relationship with the Lord. Um, one thing that I personally walked in for years, and still growing in, but for the most part, um, I've kind of gotten revelation, and luckily got past for the most part, is this understanding of like, all right, I need to have hunger for the Lord, but when it's lacking, like the understanding of actually what to do to shift that. For years and years, I kind of walked in this belief that if I'm not hungry for the Lord, my only option is to pray for it and then passively wait for the Lord to download this massive amount of hunger for him, which is very important. We need to be in prayer. Like, if we lack hunger, ask the Lord, and he will give it to us. But there's also things that we can do to shift our appetite spiritually. Because the question is not whether or not we're spiritually hungry. The question is, what is our spiritual appetite hungry for, and what do we fill that hunger with? So this is going to really be the core of what I'm talking about today, um, and I'll kind of dive into a little bit more here, but um, yeah, another way to look at this, and I already made reference to physical and spiritual, but about two and a half years ago, Hannah and I kind of assessed kind of how our lifestyle was, and we're like, you know what, let's make a shift in how we eat. So we decided to start eating a little bit more holistically, a little bit more healthier. Um, and it wasn't that we weren't eating healthy foods. It was that our balance for what we were eating was off. You know, We're eating a little bit more junk than maybe we should have and a little less healthy than we should have had. And we just kind of made this assessment. Like, All right, that's for our lifestyle. Let's do it. Let's sh- make the shift. And the first you know, couple weeks, couple months, I kind of made this assessment that reality was my hunger stayed the same. You know, I was always hungry about the same, but my appetite also for the first few weeks and first few months kind of stayed the same as well. That when I got hungry, out driving, start to get a little rumbly, my, inst- like my instinct was, oh, let's stop, get some Martin's potato chips and chocolate milk, right? Because um, <laughs> I love that stuff. I still love that stuff, but... Um, that did not change for the first while, but what did change was my decision to shift how I ate, all right? Because I knew that the long-term, eating a certain way is not good for my physical health. So we need to come and bring this connection to our, phys- or our spiritual health as well to make a decision knowing, all right, certain things are not going to fill me up with health in my spirit. Certain things will, certain things won't. And we need to take a true assessment of ourselves. And the same way 
And again, not perfect. I still eat plenty of things I shouldn't. But in the same way, like two and a half years ago, where we kind of sat down, we're like, all right, like there's things that are affecting our health based on what we're eating. We need to do the same thing with our spirits. Is what are we allowing our spirits to eat or our spirits, filling our spirits with that are either affecting our health for good or for bad? Um, and then just to encourage you guys, after, you know, weeks turn to months and months kind of go on for a little bit, that's when I started to see this shift happen where after a while of holding on to the decision and walking that out with dedication, um, that's when the shift started to happen in my appetite. And over time, my appetite started to change to the point where, all right, I'm out driving, get a little hungry. Maybe this time I'll stop and get some fruit or trail mix or a smoothie, you know, something that is going to feel the same level of hunger that I'm feeling, but will give me nutrients and give me health for my body versus the other. Um, so, yeah, it's the same thing with our spiritual hunger. We need to take true assessment, and for a while it's going to take holding on to the decision you made. You're not always going to feel like when you get home from work and you're tired and you just put the kids down to bed, you're not always going to feel like, you know, getting in the Word or praying with your spouse or, you know, whatever it is, doing these things that are going to build you up in your spiritual walk. Most likely, we're going to want to sit down and just turn on Netflix or sit down and do whatever the news, whatnot. And that stuff, again, don't hear me. I'm not saying we need to cut everything out of our life except for God. Um, but God's got to be priority. That's what I'm getting at is God's got to be a priority. Um, you can still watch movies with your family or with your spouse or with friends. That's fine to an extent. You need to be choosy on what you're watching, obviously. But um, if it comes priority over proximity to God, that's when things start to get a little hairy and our spiritual health starts to suffer. And then our appetite is going to be hungry for those things later on, right? So... To, first thing we can do to grow our hunger for the Lord is shifting what we allow ourselves to eat, even if it's taking dedication, even if there's no physical feeling of, oh, this is what I want to do over this. It's taking that decision that we've made that, no, I want to hunger for the Lord. I want to be passionate for the Lord. And I know if I do this and this and this over time, over weeks and months and years, my appetite for the Lord is going to grow. It's going to grow and it's going to get to the place where you know, I have a free evening, and I want to spend time in prayer. I want to spend time, you know, studying scripture. You know, I want to sit at the piano and worship for two hours, you know. Um, but we can't expect to make that decision here this morning and say, you know, yeah, I do want to hunger more for the Lord. Walk out of here and get, like, discouraged when we have our first free ten minutes and we sit on Instagram. You know, like... <laughs> Again, not throwing shade at those things necessarily, but when they're out of place, um, we can't get discouraged by that because our appetite's not going to shift like that. It takes holding fast to our decisions to uh, pursue the Lord. So, yeah, that will grow our hunger. And for the sake of time, I'm going to kind of shift a little bit of what I have yet, but it's going to be good. So, yes, in the name of Jesus. All right, so uh, at the end of the message, I'm actually going to um, kind of pray for us 
and really just try and impart this hunger for the Lord. Um, but I want to just give some of those practical steps uh, that I love to give. And uh, even as I was preparing, this was encouraging for me too, because it's two topics that I've talked about a lot, maybe in 50% of my messages, but it's because they're so foundational. Uh, they might feel a little basic, but the root word of basic is base, which is a foundation, right? So uh, the first thing that is going to grow our hunger for the Lord um, is this area of worship, all right? So again, talked about it a lot. We've done whole sermon series on it, but I think it's something that we need to regularly um, be keeping at our forefront of our mind of um, a priority for us as believers. So I'm not talking about the kind of worship where you're working as this in the background and every, you know, seven songs you sing three lyrics. Like that's good, and it's good to get that in us in that way. But I'm talking about uh, the level of worship where we are setting aside time to um, refocus our hearts on God and God alone, where we are coming before the Father and putting away all distractions and giving him praise and adoration for who he is. Uh, this can look a lot different for a lot of different people, but it should always be rooted on who God is, what he's done for you, lifting him up. And one thing, actually, this isn't in my notes, but don't worship the Lord brought to my memory. One thing that really helps with this, and it really shifted my heart of worship when I was, I actually might have been middle school, but um, one time I was at a youth retreat, and I was just kind of like in worship, and I don't know, I just wasn't quite feeling it, so I went over to my cousin Derek, who some of you might know, and um, anyway, I was just kind of like hashing this out with him a little bit, and he's like, Matt, one thing that I do that really like helps me get into the presence of the Lord and get rid of distractions is I, when I come into a time of worship, I close my eyes, and I imagine what I would think Jesus looks like sitting on his throne before me. And I focus on that image, and everything else kind of falls away, and then I enter into worship. And I don't know if he knows this. I don't know if I ever told him. I'll have to tell him. Derek, if you're listening. Um, but that shifted from that moment forward how I worshiped the Lord. Like, there was something that broke in me where, like, distractions kind of lost some of their strength in me, in a sense. Um, and it really helped me to right-focus the Lord in times of worship. And in that, like, the Lord's kind of grown that in me. And one thing I like to do sometimes, if I'm really having a hard time entering in, I'll open up to Revelations 4. And Revelations 4 just is a beautiful picture of the throne room of God and what it looks like as we're worshiping, you know, and that's who we're worshiping. So I encourage you, if you ever have a hard time entering into worship and distractions are going crazy, like, Stay in the heart of worship the best you can, but open up your Bible and read Revelations 4. All right? Great resource right there. Um, I know some people that do that every time they worship. And great. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's amazing. So that was extra. Um, cool. So worship. Uh, I have a few different scriptures here. I'm not going to read them all for the sake of time. But Paul and Silas, they're in prison, right? And this kind of ties the two together of worshiping in the presence of the Lord. And actually, it does tie in prayer as well. It says they were praying and worshiping the Lord. And they're in prison, midnight. And these prisons are not like nowadays. There's no beds, toilets, food, none of that. Just kind of like this grimy prison cell. 
And in the midst of that, they come before the Lord and they worship him with praise, lifting him up. Um, and I would imagine it's even with thanksgiving as well, because in a lot of Paul's writing, he's in dire situations and he's talking about singing praise of thanksgiving to the Lord. And what happens is the prison cell shakes all the doors open, not even just them, but all the prisoners around them, their doors open, and they all are set free. And that's a beautiful image of what I'm getting at here, is if we are in love with Jesus, where we worship him, even in the direst of situations, his presence will fall and it will change our lives, it will change the lives of those around us, it will set people free. And then it goes on that the jailer, him and his entire family got saved and baptized that night because Saul, or Paul and Silas decided to worship the Lord, even when physically there seemed to be no necessarily reason for it. Um, but it brought that level of breakthrough and that level of presence in the jail cell. So worship, absolutely powerful. Do it in your car, in your house. Um, whether you're a great singer or a terrible singer, no one's going to hear you in your car. All right? So sing your heart song out. It doesn't have to be songs. It doesn't have to be pre-written lyrics. Um, but that is worship that's going to break things in your life, is when you're just driving down the road, singing what's on your heart to the Lord. Cool. And then the next thing is this area of prayer. And this is something that the Lord has branded my heart with very heavily and is a very large part of what God has put in me, um, is this area of prayer. But for the sake of this morning, uh, I'll just kind of look at a general idea of what this can look like in our life, all right? So prayer, um, we all know we need to do it as believers, but why? Um, number one, it is communication with the Lord. I don't know about you, but if you enter into a relationship with someone, whether it's um, a friend, spouse, whatever it is, and you choose to only talk to them on a Sunday— or once in the morning and then on a Sunday, um, <laughs> and expect that relationship to grow and flourish, or really like expect them to want to be in proximity to you or like be in your presence, like that's not going to happen in the way that we would hope it would, right? Um, it's the same with the Lord. As we are pursuing the Lord, we need to talk to Him. We need to stay in communication with Him. It says, "Pray always." in the scripture. And what I believe that is, is it doesn't mean to be an intercession always where you're always on your knees crying and weeping and, you know, like fighting principalities, you know, like I believe what this is saying is like, it's, you know, simply the Lord saying, hey, talk to me constantly. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear about your day. I want to give you input throughout your day. Like constantly keep this communication open with me. Um, I know many people, I'm not super up on like digital communication, not super great at it, but I know um, Hannah's really good at it, where like she'll have conversations with friends that start three years ago, and like there's not a, hey, how are you doing, and then go into it. Like every time I come communicate with someone, like, hey, like blah, 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 they just throw communication all throughout the day back and forth, and there's, I think that's like, a good picture of what this looks like is that constant where we don't have to recheck in with the Lord every time we go to pray with him like oh hi God like it's me again but like just oh you're working oh God what should I do in this situation or like 
oh, my heart is saddened by so-and-so, whatever, and like keeping that going. So that is going to do wonders for our hunger for the Lord. If we can learn to just have a casual conversation with him ongoing, it's going to shift um, a lot in our day-to-day life and our hunger for him. Um, there is prayer where it is a little bit more intense, like intercession, you know, like coming between someone and the Lord and bringing them before the Lord in that way, or a situation, or, uh, yeah, there's a lot there. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm trying to decide what I should dive into here. Cool. So anyway, this area of prayer is so foundational to learn how to communicate with our Father. And again, this is not a condemning thing. Um, if anything, I hope that it convicts us to walk out of here. And even if it's one more minute a day walking out of here, that's growth. Two more minutes, an hour more, whatever it looks like for you. Um, I'll add one more thing to this, that um, as we hunger for the Lord and as we grow in that, there's going to be things that um, are going to take a lot of sacrifice, I would say, in the area of relating with the Lord as well, in a good way, you know. But like, I know people, people that I respect, some of the people I respect the most in life and look up to the most in ministry and just... Um, in their walks with the Lord, they have a regular routine of waking up at, you know, four, five, six o'clock in the morning and spend hour, two hours with the Lord, whether it's worship or prayer. And I'm not saying that we all have to do this all the time, but I think there is times where the Lord asks us into this intimate place with him, whether he's like, hey, um, I don't know if you've ever woken up at like an odd time, like four, four thirty, five o'clock, and just laying in bed wide awake. And you're like, why am I not able to sleep? Like, I want to kind of put a little note in there. If that happens, maybe start praying. Ask the Lord, like, oh, are you trying to tell me something? Are you, are you inviting me in to a sweet time with you? Um, yeah, that could be part of the growing in our hunger for the Lord, is those things. So, um, trying to figure out which passage I want to use here. Uh, Psalm 145, verse 18, it says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, and all who call on him in truth. So here it says, if we are in prayer and calling, he is near to us. Um, And then Colossians 4, verse 2, it says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, bringing watchful, or being watchful, in it with thanksgiving. And I already alluded to this earlier in the passage on worship, but it also is for prayer that this idea of being watchful in thanksgiving in our prayer, there's something that breaks when we are constantly bringing thanksgiving to the Lord. If we are thankful, we can't be um, some other things that are the opposite of thankful. Uh, We can't be bummed out about certain situations, if in that situation we take time, all right, I'm going to be watchful for things that I can be thankful for. I'm going to be watchful in this situation for things that I can thank the Lord for. And a little, um, this encouragement for you guys, there's a book called Practicing the Presence. And I personally have not read the whole thing, but I've heard amazing things, talked to many people that have read it, and it's still on my list to read, just haven't got it to it. Um, But in this book, uh, it's a journal of, I forget the guy's name, but he dedicated his life. Carl, you want to come? <laughs> uh, what was his name? Andrew Murray. And 
Lawrence. Um, anyway, so what happened was he's like, I'm going to dedicate my life to practicing the presence of the Lord. And he started off every hour, you know, every hour he stops and he thinks about the Lord. And then after he got in the habit of that, he shortened the time every half hour, every 15 minutes to the point where he's constantly thinking about the Lord. And it's his journal on that. I'm really excited to read it. But where I was going with that is I want to encourage us to do a similar thing. Uh, I feel like the Lord put this on my heart for me to try and encourage you guys in. This week, um, don't even look at the scale of the week. Tomorrow, take out your phone, your watch, whatever it is. Set a timer on the hour, every hour uh, for the time that you're awake or the time that you're at work. Or maybe just do it for four or five hours. And whenever that alarm goes off, thank the Lord for something. All right? And see how you feel at the end of the day. And if it's good, do it the next day. Increase the time. Instead of just doing it while you're at work, do it through the whole day when you're awake. And what happens is the heart of thanksgiving will draw us closer to the Lord because it opens our eyes to his many blessings. It opens our eyes to what he's actually doing around us Uh, because a lot of times that's what we miss when the hurry of the world is around us. We kind of miss what God's doing. Um, But being thankful is a great way to refocus on that. So worship team, I'm going to have you come up, and I'll start heading in the direction of closing. No, no, I'm going to close here. Um, but yeah, again, um, just to kind of recap a little bit, um, walking in the presence of the Lord, we are doing it so that we, because it's a product of closeness with the Lord. Presence equals proximity. And if we want to be close to the Lord, the side effect is this walking in the presence. We're doing it for those around us, that he will bubble out. We want to see the lives of those around us change. We want to see the people around us healed. We want to see families being healed. We want to see um, finances being restored, right? And those things can happen if we are intentionally walking in proximity with the Lord and then also walking in proximity with people where we are now introducing people to the presence of the Lord. Um, and then really the heart of everything here is that we want to be hungry for the Lord and that's kind of the core to everything that I was sharing this morning is if we hunger for the Lord and we start to shift that appetite within us recognize that we are uh, spiritually hungry that's going to happen it's not a question of hunger it's more of a question of appetite and what we're giving over to that hunger that will shift drastically the things that we walk in and the way that we do our life. So that's really the heart of what I wanted to take away this morning, um, is just being close to the Father, being in proximity with our Father, falling in love with our Father. Again, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So as the worship team plays here a little bit this morning, I'm going to, I want to spend some time in prayer, just kind of asking the Lord to increase our hunger um, and to, um, yeah, kind of encourage us and empower us in that. Um, So I'll do that, and then we'll have some time of worship. So, God, God, we love you, Lord. Thank you that you long for relationship with us, God. 
that it's not something that we just pursue in hopes that you'll choose us or something that we long after in hopes that you'll um, pick us as one of the ones that you want to relate with, but you love each one of us, God, that you draw us near. It says if we draw near to you, you draw near to us. So God, I pray this morning that you would increase a hunger in our hearts, God. God, I pray Lord, that you would increase a hunger for you. I pray that you would start to shift our spiritual appetite, that things of this world would no longer fill us, God. I pray, Lord, that the things that are worldly, that are not building us up, but the things that are actually tearing us down, that we would lose taste for them in Jesus' name. God, I pray, Lord, that you would purify our appetite, that you would purify our minds and our hearts and our souls, God, so that we are able to love you with the entirety of them. Yes, God. God, I pray, Lord, that we can walk in your presence, God. God, I pray, Lord, that we will be able to walk in your presence in our day-to-day as we're at home with our families or hanging out with friends or working, that we would be close to you, God. Not meaning that we always necessarily feel goosebumps, but we just have this knowing that we are in you. God, I pray, Lord, for an increase in our lives, that we would see the effects of you in our life, God, that we would see things break and shift, things that we've prayed for for years, that we would see breakthrough in them, God. God, I pray, Lord, that we would see breakthrough in the lives of those around us, God, that just like Paul, when he touched handkerchiefs and people were healed, or Peter, when his shadow cast on people and they were healed, I pray, Lord, that, and that we would be so in love with you, so close to you, that we are just hosting your presence and those around us will have real encounters with you, God. God, again, I ask, Lord, increase our hunger. Increase our hunger for you, God. Draw us into your presence, Lord. Draw us into relationship with you. Thank you, Father. Yeah, one thing I feel like the Lord's going to be doing over the next week is he's going to start to highlight some things that you've been filling your appetite with. Um, and it's not going to be some condemning thing. It's going to be more of a loving conviction of a father where he's like, hey, like there's this here and I'm going to help you shift that. Or you feel trapped here and I'm going to help bring healing to that. And I want to encourage us to accept that and to kind of dive head into that. Um, If we're not aware of the prompting of the Lord or of the conviction of the Lord, sometimes it can be painful. Sometimes it can be like, oh, like I don't want to even touch that thing. Uh, But if we're aware that the Lord is calling things out in us to purify us, to bring us more into his likeness and to take away hindrances that keep us from pursuing him, then it kind of shifts our mindset when those things arise. So I encourage us that this week as almost like things that come up where you're like, oh, I don't like that about myself or something like that. Give it to the Lord and ask him for his direction on it. Like, how do I shift that? How do I change that? Like, that's not something about my identity that's flawed. It's something that I do that's keeping me from you and I want to get rid of it.
So God, give us wisdom in that. Give us grace in that. Give us peace in that as you um, highlight things to shift that you would also give us the strength to do so. The strength that comes from your joy. In Jesus' name. team play here a little bit and uh, prayer ministers you guys can come up if you're here this morning and there's anything related or unrelated to anything that happened this morning in your life uh, if there's things that you want to rejoice over or things that you're working through and you need prayer for uh, prayer ministers will be up here um, or you can grab someone around you as well we it's, these aren't special people I'm not a special person anybody can do ministry like this anyone can pray for you. So um, make sure you don't leave here saying, oh, I wish I would have gotten prayer for something. Just grab someone, get prayed for. Um, but yeah, maybe you're here this morning and uh, you are like, oh, this sounds great, but I've never actually entered into a relationship with the Lord. I want to give you that invitation this morning that um, the Lord is calling you. He's excited to enter into a relationship with you. The free gift of salvation that he has for you is something exciting. He's entering you into a lifestyle that, again, I'm not going to say is all roses. There's, you know, sacrifice and there's hard things, but there's so much joy. There's so much, um, yeah, reward in a relationship with the Lord. So um, if you've never heard the gospel message that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, created everything in them, and then on the last day, the sixth day, he created mankind. And he created mankind with a union with him. He created them to be in union with himself. But then Satan led a rebellion against God, and humans followed suit and broke that union with the Lord. That sin entered in. The wrong things that we do bring separation between us and that union with God. But God was not okay leaving it that way. So he had a plan that he sent his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus came to this earth in the likeness of man, left his throne in the heavens, came, became like us, died on the cross and was risen again for the salvation of those that he loved for us. Uh, John 3.16 says it this way, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the everlasting life that the Lord is uh, inviting us into this morning. And um, the Bible also says that if we confess with our mouth that the Lord Jesus, or that the Lord is Jesus, or Jesus is Lord, and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. So this morning, if that's you, if you're like, oh, I've never, never actually stepped into a relationship with the Lord, or Maybe when I was a child I did and I walked away and totally turned my back on the Lord, but I want to come back in. Um, scripture says all you have to do is believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and he died and was rose again for our salvation. So that's you. I'll lead you in a prayer um, and you can follow along with me. Um, everyone else or you as well can come get prayer and whatnot. So... Jesus, I believe that you came to this world, died and rose again for me. I believe that you created me 
for union with you. I repent of all the wrong that I've done. I'm sorry for the life of sin that I've lived. And I come under your lordship. Jesus, thank you for your free gift of salvation. Thank you for relationship with you. In Jesus' name. All right. Cool. I think, um, yeah, I'll pray and close this out here. But God, thank you for this morning. God, thank you that you've released joy in our hearts. God, thank you that you've encouraged us. Thank you that you've drawn near to us. God, I pray that as we leave here today, that we would leave here closer to you, that we would leave here with a clear understanding of our identity in you and your identity, God. God, I pray, Lord, that um, you would bring to remembrance the things that you have for us from this morning, God, whether it's from worship, from what Ty was saying, or from this message, God, that you would yeah, kind of draw us into a journey of pursuing you in it, God. God, thank you for this community of people. I pray a blessing over each one of them, over each one of us, God. I pray, Lord, for health over their bodies, over their minds and spirits. I pray, Lord, for health over their families and their finances and their jobs. Yes, God. I pray, Lord, that they would live in such a way, that we would live in such a way that the people around us can't help but know you. That we would live in such a way that we reflect our Creator and our Father. Yes, God. Worship team will play a little bit here. Um, just kind of keep this going. But you are good to go. Uh, if you do need prayer, please get prayer. Um, but yeah, it's great to spend time with you guys this morning. Thanks for listening today. We would like to invite you back to our services starting at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more great content from Newport Church, check out newportchurch.net or visit our YouTube channel. To get the right one, search for Newport Church in Elm, PA.